With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We're going to do IndyCar and F1 in one episode because Spain happened last weekend for F1 and it was completely irrelevant to the brain space that is motorsports. Before we get there, Frenchie, I have a good story for you. Actually, not a good story. I have an interesting tidbit that's going to happen this weekend. So as I told you, I don't know, I texted you a half hour ago, my date tomorrow night. Confirmed, finally. We are going to a go-kart track for the first bit before, I guess before dinner, or maybe like she totally hates me, which is, you know, likely. Then there will be no dinner afterwards. Your suggestion or hers to do that? Her suggestion. Wow. And yeah, so she, like, like when we first started chatting, mentioned how she did some like track days on vacation in Laguna Seca. I don't really know when it was, if it was last year or a couple of years ago, but I feel like, you know, this is, I feel like she's going to, I'm saying this now, feel like she's going to win because that that's, she's probably more talented of a driver than I am. She's driven on Laguna Seca. I would imagine yeah. she's probably going to do impressive things in a cart. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see. By the time, I guess I guess you know twenty four hours from now we'll we'll definitely know because it's like an, a late afternoon sort of thing and and not like tomorrow night so we shall see I I definitely was not expecting that I was expecting to be like oh let's go to the brewery or look look at flowers outside somewhere and yeah so so let's start with let's honestly let's just start with with F one our predictions. A couple words on the race, and then we can go to IndyCar. We'll do a quick race recap, and then we'll go to whatever news we have left. Sure. So our predictions for Spain. Let me see this. I chose Carlos Sainz, who finished fifth, to have a good weekend. You chose Lance Stroll, who finished sixth. I'd say that's a good weekend. Yeah, I think I win. It's okay. And then I think we were we had Yuki was my pick and he didn't make Q3 and neither did Alex Albon, your pick. So I'd say that nice. was probably the most even that we've been on <laughs> predictions in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Okay. So the race happened. Like I think both you and I said, the revamped sector three wouldn't do anything for the actual racing product, which I think was accurate. The only reason we saw any passing is because of the DRS on the straightaway into turn one. Even then, 
Charles Leclerc in a Ferrari who had a dismal qualifying effort, he couldn't make a damn pass to save his life back there the entire day. Mm-mm. And I don't know if that's necessarily so much his fault as it is the dismal state of aerodynamics and following race cars in F1. Or a little bit of both. Yeah, something seemed wrong with his car, though, to be honest. I mean, we haven't gotten any news about that. But if Carlos went ahead and finished fifth, you'd expect Charles to be similar, right? Or at least, you know, right there with him. And the fact that he finished, where did he finish? Let me pull this up real quick. He finished 11th. Okay. So not, not awful. I mean, he started from the pit lane. But yeah, it did not look easy. And I'm looking at his, wow, yeah, his just season so far is retired 7th, retired 3rd, 7th, 6th, 11th. It's not not going so well for him. He's only, he's right in front of Lance Stroll in points. Yeah. Mercedes had a better weekend. Oh, yeah. Probably their best weekend of the year. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from talking about the most boring this is like such a boring stretch for F1 going back to like Miami, you know, we have Miami, yeah. then Monaco, then Spain. It's pretty dream. I mean, you could even throw in Baku, the race before that, I think it was. And that was pretty boring. I mean, you could really throw in the whole season and say it was boring. So if we can, so, good. Yeah, I have no hope. Uh, yeah but like i agree with you i hope it's good but i have no hope all right indycar <laughs> did you want to talk about f1 news first or did you want to wait until all the news afterwards so you're what you oh meant? yeah yeah we can do f1 news now go ahead okay so i didn't really just... know what I, I don't know what i meant i'm so um if i seem out of breath this like haze and fog that is coming down <laughs> from the canadian wildfire fires is wrecking my asthma. Like I stopped working yesterday for a little bit because I was like, I literally I can't make phone calls because I can't breathe. As North America's engulfed in like this weird, yeah, cloud like smoke that is kind of orange tinted. Oh, but fun funny, funny story. Speaking of Canada, our two well, two of our Canadian friends and listeners, Sarah's co grid click co-founder Sam and Kiana both Within minutes yesterday, when I posted that picture of where the Philly skyline usually is, both said, like, we're so sorry for the wildfires up here. Like, if that's not like Canada right there, like <laughs> that is prototypical Canadian behavior, if I've ever seen it. Yeah, apologizing for the fires yeah. in your country right, that, are that they didn't cause. Blowing over the border. The yeah, I mean, I don't think it. they caused it. No, nah, I would doubt it. They're in Quebec, right? That's where the fires are. I'm, I'm, I'm not totally uh, sure to be honest with you i think so and it's like in a very rural and like remote area what anyway right. let's talk about back where they in, like i also someone told me i've heard two things that they were in newfoundland too that can't be both so oh on. yeah like nova scotia yeah where are they one of, one of the people who told me is lying or wrong Hmm. Why is that? Because they can't be in both. I mean, other uh, I mean, fires they in could both be in places. Both. I guess, yeah. yeah, but. But anyway, we should talk about F1 news so people don't get even more bored than they already are from our mid-episode ramblings. 
that, okay, that's well, that's for you to, to yeah, bring yeah up i was sorry this. i was i was looking at canadian wildfire stuff so i i feel for our <laughs> my friends north of the border apparently there are wildfires burning in literally like <laughs> look at this picture real quick and I, we might have to post this you can just just send it to me okay it, there's literally like a, a emoji of fire on every single province of canada (laughs) (laughs) on cbc kids is what i ended up clicking on so okay all right canadian broadcasting corporation kids website thank you for explaining it to me as a dumb american um (laughs) f1 news yes this was really interesting to me just um you know sergio perez had i would say not a great weekend because he missed out on the podium completely. He just couldn't seem to hang on. Um, mm-hmm. The Mercedes were able to get by him. And so here's what Christian Horner has now said, which I would think this is putting more pressure on him, but he essentially says that now that there's a lot of space between Max and Checo, that I think for him, that'll give him a lot of confidence coming out of this. Looking at the gap now between the two drivers, which is significant, it will take pressure off his shoulders. And I think that'll allow him to just now relax, not put pressure on himself and refine the form that he had in those early races. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is he like playing mental games with his own driver? Yes. I, I don't think he's doing it intentionally. I think what he's trying to do is like, hey, you, you know, there's a little gap now. You can breathe. Just focus on your racing. Like, I think I know what he means. But how it's coming out is, yeah, he's screwed. He doesn't stand a chance. Like, okay, so he can chill op- now. Yeah, the optics of what he said are much worse than how he said it. So, oh man, yikes. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how Checo responds. I mean, it can't be easy going up against somebody like mm-hmm. Max Verstappen, who makes it seem so easy. You know, he just, and I don't, I don't know how much. Max engages in like those mind games that some of the top champions have played like Senna and Schumacher, Alonzo, but uh, you know, it would pretty much, I think demoralize anyone if your Mm -hmm. teammate is that Mm -hmm. good. I mean, we saw what happened to Valtteri Botas when he was uh, (laughs) Lewis Hamilton's teammate. And although he's, he hasn't been good in the Alfa Romeo either. So no, but that's that. more on the car than I think it is him. I don't know. His teammate has been outperforming him. So we'll, we'll see if he continues on. I think there are people looking at that seat because once it becomes fully an Audi seat, that's really attractive. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right. What do we have next? Uh, next piece of news, I guess, is just that F1 has apparently paused plans to return to Kyle Lamy for 2024. Um, there's no real definitive answer on why that is the case, but I guess just talks have stalled. So now, you know, that the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa will return next year, I guess that was sort of the result of these South Africa talks collapsing. So the earliest that South Africa could return would be 2025. I think everybody wants to see it. Maybe that'll give the track more time if they need to do any updates or work on anything, I guess. What I was reading earlier, uh, also the political situation with South Africa and potentially ties to Russia and selling arms to Russia is not super 
super positive right now, right? That's not a good look. So yeah, it'd be hard seems... maybe for F1 to do that. Although you can race anywhere in the Middle East, regardless of what goes on in any of those countries. So I don't know. It's a strange landscape that we have here. Yeah, I I would say political part aside, because I I haven't read that. So like I, I couldn't even begin to understand it or comment on it. But let's take that out of the equation in 2025. Let's get rid of Spain. Let's get rid of, I don't know, one of the other boring tracks that we go to. I mean, maybe we could even get rid of Monaco. I'm obviously just at this point, I'm just trying to like poke poke the annoyance at the F1 elitists of the world. But I mean, honestly, we could get rid of Miami and I wouldn't lose sleep over it either. So, and sorry, I'm so sorry, Sarah, but Miami is a dreadfully boring race. She still doesn't listen to this. I almost guarantee. No, no, she still, she's like, she, she will bug us that, that like, she's like, oh, sorry, I couldn't join to record. But also then when we give her shit for not listening, she'll be like, sorry. Yeah. But like, not actually sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. Um, The other thing that I think was interesting just to bring up real quick while we're on, probably should have brought this up right after mentioning Checo, but remember when Max during the race heard a cell phone in the background, like on his pit wall or something on his pit box. And he, he said, someone's phone is going, there was a ringtone that went off in the background and Max went, someone's phone is going, is that helmets? And he like, just the fact that he's driving around. And has that extra capacity because it's so easy for him right now. And he's so far ahead. Like Alonzo, when Alonzo looks in the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. giant screens, like these guys are incredible. It, it is, those two cars are obviously so good. And then you put two talents like that in them. It just shows you how much extra capacity they have mentally that they're not even stressed. Like they can think about all these other things. But also, I mean, I agree with you. That's insane. But also, is it kind of like a, I don't know, a bad mark on F1 yes. that like it's so uncompetitive? That... Yes. Yeah, okay. And we um, can move on. I was going to bring this up later, but this is actually a perfect place to, to slot it in. Willpower, obviously. Yeah. A uh, very important figure in IndyCar. One of the most successful drivers in IndyCar. I mean, he still, what, has the most poles? I think so. I think yeah. by a little bit now, like a, a good margin. He's still got to be in the top five for wins, right? Or, you know, top 10, something like that. Anyway, he said this. Formula One is a joke as far as the competition, but not as far as the drivers. So all the people who attacked him, number one, like he's being respectful about the talent pool in F1. But he said they have amazing drivers. And I feel sorry for them that they don't get to experience the satisfaction we do in IndyCar with our racing, because that is the top level of open wheel motorsport. And then he went on to say... It's so tough and amazing field, the toughest field in the world, IndyCar, and people need to know it, especially compared to F1. I think F1 would be so much better if they had a formula like IndyCar. I love the tech and the manufacturer side of it. I think that's awesome. But from a spectator watching, man, how cool would it be if everyone had a Red Bull? You simply know Max is going to win every race if something doesn't go wrong. Imagine being a guy coming out as a rookie and you probably could win a race, you know, if you had competitive car. It would be really cool to see, but you know that would never happen with the politics over there. I see literally zero wrong with what he said. Uh, And he said it politely. He is someone who has credibility. And I think people, I mean, there are all these people who I saw commenting on the articles like, oh, he's just jealous of Max or yeah, he's not jealous of Max. 
he's had a he's won an Indy 500 and two IndyCar championships. He has nothing to be jealous of Max about. He's been he's elite just like Max is. So yeah. uh, he, willpower does not doubt himself or need to like compare himself to Max Verstappen. This is just his honest opinion. And the people, there's some good comments. Some that I wish I could talk about on here, but yeah, family program. But they were like, oh, well, you know, maybe that's because you never made it to F1. It's like, no, that's, that's, that's not the point. He's not talking about the quality of the drivers. He's talking about the fact that 90-something percent of that field, this current F1 field, stands no chance at winning, and it has nothing to do with the person in the car. Mm-hmm. It's all about the car. And if that's your if that's your preference, like I saw some comments that are like, listen, I don't care about specific drivers. I root for Ferrari or McLaren or Red Bull. Cool. That that's fine. I don't actually like dislike that. It's not it's you know, you're allowed to root for whatever you want to root for. But I mean, Will Power is right. I think that's gonna be the title of our episode. Will mm-hmm. Power is correct. And he wasn't a dick. Like he wasn't like, you know, screw F one or whatever. He was like the competition, people just need to read the damn article. It's really yeah. not that hard to read the damn article. No. But nobody reads the damn article. Well, that's the also what I think is the problem with just news outlets anyway, is they put the most controversial part of his quote out probably as the headline or the title. If, and we, purpose. yeah, I mean, and there's someone doing that in the, you know, US journalism, I'll call it journalism in quotes space, you know, comparing F1 to IndyCar and saying how great the Spanish Grand Prix was and everything. It's just for clicks. It's stupid. It's a waste of your time. Don't even give them the clicks because it's not, I don't know, it rewards them for their basically lazy behavior. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he he literally calls F1 like the pinnacle of open wheel racing. He, he's being respectful. He gets it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said, because as you said, no one can win in that car, really. I mean, Checo can't even if you put two Checos like against each other, there was no Max in Red Bull. Then it might get interesting, but barely. Yeah, because it'd just be the two of them. But because you have these teams that I mean, except for I don't know, there are a couple of teams that do have pairs of drivers that are more even. But when you have a number one and a number two and your team is that far ahead, then, you know, your king basically of the season is predestined to win everything. Yeah. All right. IndyCar predictions. We made a lot for Detroit. I will say, I know you have predictions. I'm just chatting. I thought Detroit was going to be garbage. Practice was super concerning to watch. I know drivers publicly and privately were pretty frustrated with how the weekend was going. The race was pretty damn good. Now, maybe they could iron out a few things like any new track. You know, they they did make a couple changes to Nashville in between year one and year two. It's still a gigantic cluster F there. But this, like, there was multiple places you could make a pass. Cluster fluff. That's usually what I thought of for some reason. And, you know, that was... You you could see a couple interesting strategies emerge with the with the tires mainly, so I am satisfied with year one at a new track. The split pit lane was simple but interesting. I thought it was actually going to be like 
I don't know. I envisioned it before, like we actually saw it and saw the final renderings that it was going to be like pit lane, you know, straight away in the middle and then pit lane on the other side of that. Me too. That's what I which thought. Which is kind of what I wanted because it would probably be a little bit more confusing or a little bit more strategy in terms of placing yourself in the right spot on the track to get off the track. But nonetheless, what were our predictions? Okay, so Sarah was also included in these predictions. So even yes. though she's not listening, we'll have to give her credit <laughs> if she does well. Um, do we have to? Yeah, but I don't... She did okay. So it shouldn't do that much better than either <laughs> of us. It's all right. So we our first question was... If Joseph would finish higher than 14th is what you said, because obviously yeah. the Indy 500 winner usually fails to do that well at Detroit. Um, instead, what did we see? Joseph finished 10th. So you said higher, barely, than 14th. I don't know. 10th is it's okay. I said lower yeah. because I'm cynical. Yep. So I lose that one. And Sarah said higher. For a good weekend. You said Ferrucci, who unfortunately nope. finished 21st, three laps down. <laughs> um, I said Rossi, who until the end there, I thought was in contention for the win. But yeah. anyway, he finished fifth, another fifth. I Not bad at all. And then Sarah had Pelot, which that's almost like low-hanging fruit, but we'll give it to her. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. And then... What do we have here? We also now have the last one, which is the over under for caution laps. We had a total. How many caution laps do we have here? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Do you count them? Is it like 30 something? I didn't I didn't count, honestly, but it was more than 18. Like, I think I'm they positive. said 31 at some point during the broadcast, but it may have ended up being more. Oh, well, yeah, it was definitely over 18.5. So Sarah and I win that one because you said over and you said under. So I guess Sarah would technically win, but because she's not here, she doesn't. And we can just <laughs> choose a different winner. Yep, that's fair. Sorry to mute myself. The coughing is coming back again. So I guess we can start with, since you talked about the Rossi Felix thing, I didn't, I haven't listened to the Hinch and Rossi talk about it, but I saw like the clip that Off Track posted about Alex talking about it. 
do you have any thoughts? Did did Felix do him dirty? Was it like what Alex said and like pretty, you know, even Alex pretty much said, hey, I would have raised him the same way. So, you know, all is fair. I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they, I don't think he raced him that dirty. I mean, they obviously have a little bit of history from what was that when Felix wrecked Rossi in Toronto. Was that last year, I think? Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I mean, Felix usually isn't a dirty driver. I feel like when he gets in contact, he usually ends up wrecking out himself, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and not making fun of him, just that, you know, that's the trend that I observe. So, no, I don't I don't think there was an issue with anything that he did. I, I also have not listened back to, I got harsh, partially into that episode this morning and didn't finish it yet. So, I'll have to hear what Rossi says about it. But no, I mean, they both finished and they were still in the top five. So things would have gone differently, I'm sure, if one of them lost the front wing and didn't finish or wrecked yeah. out you know, in the wall. It's tight quarters in Detroit. So I think basically the way they raced each other was how you have to race. Yeah, I, at first I was like, oh, that was kind of dirty. And the only part I thought could have been dirty was that like very end part when he when he kind of goes elbows out and and Rossi tank slaps the wall a little bit, but watching back, yeah, there was there was nowhere for either of them to go, so it was mm-hmm. going to happen. And once Rossi was like, "Listen, you have to race that way there. I would have raced that way there." You're like, "Okay, all right, you know, let's not make a, what what do they say a mountain out of a molehill." So let's you know, it is what it is. Is there anything else in particular from Detroit that we need to talk about, like in terms of the race? Um, Other than it was good, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't as chaotic as Nashville or chaotic as I thought, you know, there was the opening lap incident mm-hmm. and then there was a couple. Oh, Pato stuff. Was Pato, oh yeah. Sad. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about, was it, was that an unforced, obviously the, the, the pit stop part, not Pato's fault, but the, accident fault would you call it unforced error or you know just pushing too hard what do you what do you make of the actual incident i think the, yeah the wall incident definitely i i think i i don't know how it happened i mean we saw a lot of guys graham also went into the wall and then <laughs> got caution. hit by what ben peterson, peterson just kind of yeah that was that's was not really either of their faults i guess um yeah i don't know it was strange to see Pato make that kind of a mistake. And I know people gave him a lot of criticism because he's been involved in controversial contact in the last few races. I mean, including the 500 and yeah. with Marcus, and then I guess go back to long beach with Dixon. I don't know if I can't remember if there are other things, but yeah, it was just, you know, he, he pushes hard and he was trying to make up for lost time. I think basically with what happened to him with, what was it? Something was wrong with the wheel. It didn't go on all the way. And so he was just kind of spinning the rear axle. Yeah. It wasn't getting the drive. Drive wasn't going to the rear wheel. Yeah. Or rear so wheels because of that. I think that's yeah, what it was. And I saw somebody was like, oh, he's not taking responsibility. I mean, he pretty much said like, yeah, it was my, that issue was my fault. So I don't understand what responsibility he's supposed to take other than that. And heads up to Ferrucci for at least getting out of the way to be like listen bro if you want to go go ahead that was yeah that was really solid when i watched that i was like wow he just totally backed out of it completely to see what would happen 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did, they didn't touch from what I could see. Right. No, so no, that, that was impressive. That was good. I also, Roma Grosjean in the wall again, and he was furious. I am getting furious too for him because he's really good on these street circuits, but he just, I mean, he's doing the same thing that he did in F1. Yeah. Yeah. He's fast, but he wrecks. It's like, you know, I don't know what to say other than that. Basically, it's, it's I, hard I to see watch. Him succeed. Yeah. It's hard to watch because like the talent is there, mm-hmm. but the execution is not. And it's like, it's, you know, St. Pete, you could say, okay, not his fault. Texas, I maintain it was his fault. What was after Texas? Long, Long Beach. Beach. He did well, right? Yeah, I think he finished in the top three. I'll look for you real yeah. quick. Texas and Barber, I think he did well. I think he's been on the podium a couple times already this season. Yeah. I think it was at Long Beach. Let me look. Yeah, uh, Long Beach, he was second. And then at um, Barber, he was also second. What about MDGP? He finished 30th. I don't remember what happened oh, to him there. There was 30 cars at the NDGP. Oh, no, it just says Indy. Sorry. Uh, there's two Indies. He finished 11th. Okay. Good catch. Yeah. Anyway, poor execution. Wow. For the most part. I wish there were 30 cars at the NDGP. <laughs> it would be so chaotic. But, yeah, so I have a hot take for you. Is this like a two-part hot take? I've been waiting to hear this one since you I know. gave me a little... Yeah, you I texted you on Sunday. So I watched, like, this is probably unsafe to admit, but like after leaving, after leaving your birthday party on Sunday, I sat in Beltway traffic forever, and then sat in Delaware yeah, traffic yeah. or Baltimore traffic, I forget, for a long ass time. So I was able to watch, like, I would say probably half the race, like relatively comfortably while sitting in my car well you have a self-driving vehicle right so it's totally safe yep yep my self-driving rav4 did a great job yeah lane keep assist and radar crews all that kind of stuff yep yeah modern technology man great um threw me off here so part one like looking at the andretti camp i don't know how like just based on how this season is going you don't say Kyle Kirkwood is their number one driver now. Like I know Colton has a probably longer term deal, but Kyle Kirkwood qualifying well, racing pretty well, got smashed in the rear by Callum Isla at the start of the race, battled all the way back on a tight track to finish sixth. Super impressive. Indy, he was primed for a good finish before he got collected. He has a win. He has a pole. Yeah, Texas, Texas, he he wrecked, right? I forget exactly what happened in that, but he finished twenty seventh. So yeah, I assume he yeah, wrecked. probably wrecked. But so yes, my number one driver. Part two of that. So everybody's like, oh, if Andretti gets to F one, they're gonna have to bring an American driver. Like, let's bring Colton Herta. Why aren't we bring? Why is Kirkwood not in this conversation? He's talented. He's fast. He's pretty good at keeping the the car out of the wall on different types of tracks. He wins everywhere he goes, you know, kind of up the entire. I'm not saying like definite, but like he should be in the conversation. Yeah. I would debate you on the thing about him keeping the car out of the wall, but they're both guilty we're not of talking doing about, that plenty of times. Yeah. We're not talking about Foyt. Foyt is, you know, we're not <laughs> okay. talking about last year. Hey, but still, I mean, his he's right. I mean, Colton's in ninth. He's had a more consistent season, it looks like. And Kyle Kirkwood is in 12th. I mean, his. Kyle Kirkwood's record, unfortunately, is 15th, 27th. Then he had the win. 
then 12th, 14th, 28th, and then 6th. So Colton's got 20th, 7th, 4th, 14th, 9th, 9th, and 11th. So neither of them is spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I don't know why he's not really being talked about. I guess I assume it's because he wasn't necessarily in the Andretti camp when those rumors started. But yeah, if I'm Michael Andretti, <laughs> I'd be considering either of them. I mean, is Colton is still younger, isn't he? Colton was born in 2000, which is unbelievable. And Kyle Kirkwood was born in 1998. Oh, wow. So Kyle's 24. Okay, that would, that could, that's a, that's a, like a negative check mark for Kyle Kirkwood because, you know, if you're not like 14 going into F1, like F1 drivers or F1 teams don't want you. Obviously, yeah. I'm exaggerating. But... No, 100%. And no, no offense to Kyle, but I mean, he has a really young looking face. So he looks younger yeah. than I would assume they were the same age. It's only two year difference, but yeah. But still, I think it should be in the conversation at the very minimum because he's he's significantly talented. Okay, well, I guess that's <laughs> that's all I got. I don't. Do you have any? Do we have any? Oh yeah, Connor Daly. Yeah, we, Connor we Daly. also have a, a couple more things too. But yeah, Connor okay. Daly is the big one. Start with Connor Daly. Connor Daly gone due to supposed interpersonal conflicts within the team. We're not going to speculate on what that is. It's just not worth the effort or the headache or playing the creating rumor game, but. Ryan Hunter Ray comes in. What do you think? Um, I'm personally a bit surprised that they chose to kick Connor out, you know, halfway through the season. And that tells me that the relationships there must have been extremely strained. And I'm not going to go any like like you said, I'm not going to speculate anywhere beyond that, because you would think it has to get pretty bad for them to just break the contract over, you know, like personal relationships. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there's that. So I think maybe that has something to do with, you know, why the team hasn't been gelling as well. If you have a negative attitude coming from either side, it's probably an unpleasant environment. So just to get that out of there and have a little bit of a refresh, I'm in support of that. Brian Hunter Ray, safe set of hands, proven winner. I think you... Pretty much, unless you were going to go for some up-and-coming talent or somebody that we haven't, you know, really seen their potential yet, would be the only other way to go. And that that's somebody who you could maybe invest in long-term, and that's probably how I would have gone. I would have taken a risk on someone else, like, who I think could be long-term in the team. But I also don't think that Ryan Hunter Ray is a wrong choice by any means. And I think he's going to do well and we'll see how long this lasts, if it's just this year or beyond, but you know, I hope he's able to bring some, bring them up the field a little bit, like get them some nice results. Yeah. I think even if it's like this year and next year, which I think is what Renus's contract goes through, it's a chance for, Renus to learn a lot because when Hunter Ray mm-hmm. tested for them before Barber last year, Renus went out and got the pole. So at minimum, you are providing you know teammate support for your young upshot teammate that's kind of not been very good since he got hurt last year. How old is Renus too? Also born in two thousand. Yeah. yeah. Twenty two. 
yeah so so you know this is like the prime you know second half of the year there's still what at least nine races left nine races 10 races left in the season 10 yeah there's still there's still a lot of season to go so from from that standpoint i get why they did it now even even if it's hard to do in the middle of the season because you don't see it like super often you see it just not like every year or whatever but while you have you know weekend off to kind of get him acclimated to the team and whatnot but yeah i mean it's hard to see but it's it's definitely i'm definitely curious what connor will do next i that was actually my question for you is do you see him back in an indycar ever or is this kind of it for him i don't want to say he'll never be in indycar again because at minimum, I think he could be a good fit for, you know, a 500 only spot mm-hmm. because, you know, he's proven the speedway, you know, in the last two years, he's finished what, like eighth and seventh there or something like that. So, yeah, and he, he right. led 30 or 40 laps last year. So, you know, we know he can do that. We know he's good on, you know, he got a pole with Carlin at Iowa a couple of years ago. So we know, you know, maybe he's the next oval only driver or, something like that but it's hard you know with bit nile staying with with ed carpenter it's hard seeing where he's going to get the money to do a full season yeah based on how his results have been that's all i'm talking about is results Mm -hmm. no that's that's totally fair i was just curious of your thoughts on that um some people have speculated that he might be a good fit for announcing i remember he did some announcing with srx last season yeah yeah. So maybe could that be a next step for him? I don't I don't know where he'd fit in in the IndyCar booth since you have Hinch and he's like irreplaceably amazing in the booth at this point. But uh, Connor is somebody who's interesting for sure and very popular. So I think that'd be a good opportunity for him. His dad did it well. Yeah, yeah I don't know about this year. I, I don't even know if Connor would want to do it like right now, but maybe after this season. Or maybe he does a little SRX like he did last year. And at the season, NBC says, you know, hey, we're going to spin up something and we want you to be one of the broadcasters or I don't know, something like that. Maybe he starts with Indy Lights and I'm because no offense to Charlie Kimball, but he's not very good at announcing. No, he's extremely intelligent, but he, yeah, he's so smart. Yeah, he does not bring the excitement, unfortunately. He's so boring. Yeah, yeah it's really... Yeah, I just wish he was more interesting because he's, I think, legitimately on J.R. Hildebrand level of like probably the smartest driver out there. Yeah, super technically just genius engineer. Super nice. Gets along with everybody. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's wrap it there. There's no racing this weekend. Le Mans. Oh, wait. We have some people in Le Mans from the IndyCar field. Yeah. Sorry. I am so focused on like that. We don't have to like cover anything this weekend we'll watch Lamont we'll probably mention the highlights next week because Garage 56 is kind of cool and there's IndyCar guys doing it are you going to watch I remembered something go ahead sorry are you going to watch like a significant portion this weekend a little bit this weekend there's some stuff going on in like my social life it, I'm, that made it sound like it's negative things but it's not i mean <laughs> there i just I have, was like oh uh, what's going on there i just have weekend plans yeah um and obviously a 24 hour race is a bit harder to just kind of set aside the time to watch it so i will try to watch 
as much as I can because I do love watching Lamar. But, you know, if we have a certain I'll, I'll probably try to watch the start in the beginning, because if we eventually have a lot of cars that get spaced out and there's people who encounter problems or wreck stuff like that, then, you know, if we can almost predict what's going to happen, I will tune out. But yeah, what time does it start on Saturday? Uh, I can look that up for us. But I the, remember the other thing that I was going to mention just real quick as a note about Detroit race. I don't remember. We also had a couple other news at night items. We don't have to talk about them, but we'll save them for next week. But the thing that I want, unless you want to, but the other thing that I was going to bring up is it really annoyed me. And I don't know if others felt this way of how (laughs) many people on the broadcast. And let me just say something before I go further. I am a white male from the suburbs. So I don't know Mm. if I really have a place to even comment on this but how hard is it to say flavor flav versus flavor flav like i can't <laughs> i cannot it was so frustrating it's like there's a he spells his name exactly as it said could you be any more lame and nerdy by calling him like just the wrong thing it's like when people i forgot who did it but there was someone who famously called tupac like two pack or something and it's just like oh boy. this just shows how out of touch and uptight you are real quick what is what's the other news that we missed oh i have one other thing to mention news wise before we okay there were some teams that tested at barber today mm-hmm. or sebring and barber i know foyt was at barber ray hall was at sebring ed carpenter was at sebring Mm-hmm. and I don't remember who else, if anybody else tested, but friend of the show, Toby Sowery, got his IndyCar debut test today for Ray Hall at Sebring. I talked to him for like two minutes when I got home from the gym today, and he had nothing but good things to say. It went really well. I was very happy with it. The team was very happy with it, so we'll see if that leads to anything. That'd be super cool. Honestly, if if Toby was like, if Ray Hall was all of a sudden like, yeah, he's going to make his debut in Iowa or something like that, I'd find a way to get to Iowa to see his debut because he's the, uh, he's the guy who got me that awesome Regenerative DT shirt mm-hmm. so many years ago when he was in Indy Lights, which is still in my closet in the other room. So you have him back on and ask him about this test, but how much he can talk about it, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I did. We he it, it is going to happen. Like we did. I he has not uh, since replied, but. When the test got announced, I said, you know, afterwards, come on the show and talk about it. And he said he'd be happy to. So cool. It'll happen. Hope everybody enjoyed Myat Snyder interview yesterday. Thanks, Myat, for hopping on and enjoy Le Mans this weekend. I'm sure NASCAR is racing somewhere this weekend. Uh, Sonoma. Sonoma is this weekend. Yeah, we learned that from Myat. Yes. 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 Thank you. I really need to start like actually remembering where they race every weekend so we can pay a little bit more attention to it. And yeah, goodbye and wish me luck. Go karting. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.